A Motive in Gold and Gray by Madison Kawine. Read for LibriVox.org by Chuck Williamson. One. Tonight he sees their star burn dewy bright deep in the pansy Eve hath made for it. Low in the west, a placid purple lit at its far edge with warm auroral light. Love's planet hangs above a cedared height, and there in shadow, like gold music writ of dusk's dark fingers, scale-like fireflies flit. Now up, now down, the balmy bars of night. How different from that eve a year ago! which was a stormy flower in the hair of dolorous day, whose sombre eyes looked blurred into night's sibyl face, and saw the woe of parting near, and imaged a despair, as now a hope caught from a homing word. Two. She came unto him, as the springtime does, unto the land where all lies dead and cold until her rosary of days is told, and beauty, prayer-like, blossoms where death was. Nature divined her coming, yea, the dusk seemed thinking of that happiness. Behold, no cloud it has to blot its marigold moon, great and golden, over the slopes of musk, whereon earth's voice made music leaf and stream lilting the same low lullaby again to coax the wind who romped among the hills all day a tired child to sleep and dream when through the moonlight of the locust lane she came as spring comes through her daffodils three white as a lily moulded of earth's milk that eve the moon swam in a hyacinth sky soft in the gleaming glens the wind went by faint as a phantom clothed in unseen silk bright as a naiad's leap from shine to shade the runnel twinkled through the shaken briar above the hills one long cloud pulsed with fire flashed like a great enchantment welded blade and when the western sky seemed some weird land and night a witching spell at whose command one sloping star fell green from heaven and deep the warm rose opened for the moth to sleep then she consenting laid her hands in his and lifted up her lips for their first kiss Four. There where they part, the porch step is strewn with wind-tossed petals of the purple vine. Athwart the porch, the shadow of a pine cleaves the white moonlight, and like some calm rune, heaven says to earth, shines the majestic moon. And now a meteor draws a lilac line across the welkin, as if God would sign the perfect poem of this night of june the woodwind stirs the flowering chestnut tree whose curving blossoms strew the glimmering grass like crescents that wind wrinkled waters glass and like a moonstone in a frill of flame the dew drops tremble on the peony as in a lover's heart 
his sweetheart's name. 5. In after years shall she stand here again in heart regretful, and with lonely sighs think on that night of love, and realize whose was the fault whence grew the parting pain, and in her soul, persuading still in vain, shall doubt take shape, and all its old surmise bid darker phantoms of remorse arise, trailing the raiments of a dead disdain? Masks, unto whom shall her avowal yearn, with looks clairvoyant, seeing how each is a different form, with eyes and lips that burn, into her heart with love's last look and kiss? And, ere they pass, shall she behold them turn to her a face, which evermore is his? 6. In after years shall he remember how dawn had no breeze soft as her murmured name, and day no sunlight that availed the same as her bright smile to cheer the world below nor had the conscious twilight's golden grays her soul's allurement that was free of blame nor dusk's gold canvas where one star's white flame shone more bewitchment than her own sweet ways then as the night with moonlight and perfume and dew and darkness qualifies the whole dim world with glamour shall the past with dreams that were the love theme of their lives illume the present with remembered hours whose gleams unknown to him shall face them soul to soul seven no not for her and him that part the might have been sad consolation where had bent haply in prayer and patience penitent both though apart before no blown-out light, the otherwise of fate for them, when white the lilacs bloom again, and innocent spring comes with beauty for her testament, singing the praises of the day and night, when orchards blossom and the distant hill is vague with haw-trees as a ridge with mist, the moon shall see him, where a watch he keeps, by her young form that lieth white and still with lidded eyes and passive wrist on wrist, while by her side he bows himself and weeps. 8. And oh, what pain to see the blooms appear of haw and dogwood in the spring again, the primrose leaning with the dragging rain, and hill-locked orchards swarming far and near to see the old fields that her steps made dear grow green with deepening plenty of the grain yet feel how this excess of life is vain how vain to him since she no more is here what though the woodland burgeon water flow like a rejoicing harp beneath the boughs the catbird and the hermit thrush arouse day with the impulsive music of their love beneath the graveyard sod she will not know nor what his heart is all too conscious of nine how blessed is he who gazing in the tomb can yet behold 
beneath the investing mask of mockery whose horror seems to ask sphinx riddles of the soul within the gloom upon dead lips no dust of love's dead bloom and in dead hands no shards of faith's rent flask but hope who still stands at her starry task weaving the web of comfort on her loom thrice blessed who though he hear the tomb proclaim who all is death and life death's other name can yet reply o grave these things are yours but that is left which life indeed assures love through whose touch i shall arise the same love of whose self was wrought the universe end of poem this recording is in the public domain